All right, back here on Inside Black and Gold. Remember to give us that five-star rating. Give us a review. Tell me how dumb I am and how all of my takes are wrong and yours are better. I love to hear it. Uh, they're not, but I still love to hear it. Anyway, in this segment, we're going to get into a, a very, very subjective topic that every answer is going to be right and wrong at the same time. Um, and that my question is, and I told Steve about this last night so he could put some thought into it, uh, because basically I had my answer already and I wanted to talk about it. So I figured I'd give him a heads up. But my most underrated player, I, I kind of approach it with the methodology of like, it's not necessarily, okay, this player, this player does a lot and maybe doesn't get enough credit for it. Mine is, so who's not getting talked about really at all? in the, in the kind of general populace of saints fans, you know, now I'm talking about the media. I'm not talking about, you know, people who follow the team religiously. I'm talking about kind of, if you just had a Saints segment on any program who would never get talked about, but does do, does things that are vitally important to this team winning games. And, you know, guys I went through, you know, maybe an Eric McCoy, he, I think he's one of the top centers in the NFL, does not get nearly the credit that he deserves. But I also think, like, to some extent, everyone knows the center is important. You know, he's touching the ball every play. So it's hard to say he's the most underrated because he's just not talked about because he's not messing up. And that's kind of the offensive line, right? You could say it's, uh, you know, a Paulson Adebo, who I would argue is a, is a really, really high-quality cornerback. In terms of CB2s around the league, he's probably in the top half. Um, going into year two, you know, maybe a Bradley Roby, maybe a CJ. But again, these are guys who are on the tip of the tongue. Like if you ask, okay, who's who's a great cornerback on the Saints right now that's not named Marshawn Latham or everyone would say Paulson Debo or maybe Bradley Roby or, they would, you know, they would forget CJ's a safety and they would say CJ. The guy I think is the most underrated. I'm going to let him talk and then we're going to say his name. We'll see if even like while he's talking, you can identify who this is and <laughs> because this is an important player for the Saints heading into this season yeah uh take a step you know each year you want to develop and grow as a football player so that for me that's from the linebackers perspective perspective and from special teams perspective um you know just working on my fundamentals in a linebacker game growing with hodges and learning from tomorrow to become a better linebacker while also still developing in special teams you know whether it's a few more tackles i could have made or whatever the difference is and continue to grow as a team as well so there it is that's uh Let's see, you know, I'll give you a second so you, you listeners at home can can try to figure out who you just heard from. I'd say uh, play the, the Jeopardy music, but we'd probably get sued for that. I think if I do it like myself, I won't get in trouble. Anyway, um, that was Andrew Dow, second-year linebacker out of Michigan State. And I think he is the most underrated player on this Saints team because no one – no one outside of like this inner circle of Saints fans or people following the team have any idea who he is. But he's a guy who just shows up day in, day out, makes his presence known, makes big plays in training camp. He made himself uncuttable last year. He is vital on that special teams group. And I did a roster projection before training camp. Mm-hmm. And there are only so many players. There, there are star players. There are players you know are going to make the roster. And then there's a lot who you're kind of like on the fence about, you know, like the last couple wide receivers, the last couple, uh, you know, tight ends, some linemen. But like Andrew Dowell, I see safe on that roster. He's right in that in that cusp with like JT Gray and uh, 
Dwayne Washington in terms of like can't cut special teams guys. And I also see him as a player who is going to make an impact on the defensive side of the ball. He's not going to start, but he's going to get meaningful reps. And, you know, Bobby likes to compare him to Craig Robertson. And I think that it's, that it's fair um, because as I, you know, when I talked to Dennis earlier in the offseason, I asked him, you know, what is it that really makes a player stand out on special teams? Like, what do you look for? What are the intangibles that you look for? And the first thing he said was just, you need to be willing to do it. Like, you have to want to play special teams. And uh, and I think that's 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 definitely true. But I also see, see Andrew as a guy who is continuing to step forward. He's been working at the Will linebacker position alongside DeMarco Jackson at the mic. And I'm always impressed with him. Uh, I'll tell you one story that's kind of funny. Uh, I remember last year vividly when, when Andrew came out to talk to us for the first time, I had no idea who he was. And we were outside at the podium and there was a wasp buzzing around the, uh, the media area. And everyone was like, Oh no, you know, I'm afraid of bees. I'll also say, I don't like bees. I appreciate they do a lot. You know, they pollinate stuff. They're important. I don't like them. <laughs> Are you allergic uh, at all? A little bit, you know, not like, I don't need like an EpiPen or anything, but I do <laughs> swell up pretty, pretty heavily. Uh, but not, not the wasp. Wasps just bite you and they're just jerks. No, they're nasty. And, um, and I was like, you know, I run away. If I see a bee, I run away. And I just, Andrew just, everyone's like, well, watch out. There's a bee. And he just turns around and he just like reaches up and just like volleyball spikes it to the ground. And then he just turns back to the mic. He's like, all right, any questions? <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I like this guy. So uh, anyway, that's Andrew Dell in a nutshell. He is a puncher of bees. Um, and, and that's what I want on special teams. What do you, you think? Know you gotta, do you think uh, I'm right? What, what is your take? Do you agree with that? I went for a guy that's been on the roster a little longer and that we've seen. I've, I really see like we, we feel like we've seen his evolution, obviously, as a player. I picked P.J. Williams because mm-hmm. of just his versatility to what he brings to this secondary. Also a guy that contributes on special teams, but more so his versatility in that secondary can play every position that they ask him to. Uh, when they had to have that need that where they had to convert him to safety to help fill in, he did amazing and is now basically transitioned to that role uh, full-time. And we're even seeing during this training camp with no Taran Matthew around right now, uh, Marcus May is being brought back a little slow, obviously coming back from injury. But P.J. Williams has been a guy that's constantly been in my notes every day at just out there doing his thing and – just don't think he gets enough uh, credit just be- because of he seems to come back on a one-year deal every season and be- just because of his early struggles, I guess, that he had on this defense, a lot of fans don't give him enough credit. Yeah, another Florida State guy. I think he and Jameis were actually teammates at Florida State. And, yeah, I think that's a, that's a really good answer. And I think it kind of points to one of the issues in my methodology and how I kind of approach this answer is the answer is always going to be someone on the special teams <laughs> because yeah. those are the players that don't get talked about. Um, and, but I, I think PJ, you either, know, yeah, either that or the offensive line, those guys usually don't get enough love either. Yeah. But you know, their names, right. They, they're right, still like, right. you know, when they don't do well, it's like, you know, exactly who they are. Right. And so that just kind of inherently, you know, they're important. So you don't take them for granted. You know, a guy, I think in past years, a guy who probably could have been an answer would be James Hurst, because I thought he had a really important role 
that you kind of took for granted. Maybe this year that's a Landon Young who's kind of backing up Ryan Ramchek and I think gives you really good depth over at the right tackle spot with Trevor Penning kind of working with Hurst on the left tackle side. Um, But yeah, I think your answer is more, you know, who gets taken for granted but is important. And mine is like who gets ignored completely. And I think those are, that's why I didn't tell you what my answer was because I wanted to see where you went with it. And I think that's a good approach. I think when you're kind of talking about that, uh, those are both, I think, really good answers. But especially, you know, and, and they're both guys who early on in camp are getting an opportunity to showcase what they can do, um, you know, maybe a lineup from where they would be because of absences. You know, Pete Werner's been out. So Andrew Dowell's been getting a chance to kind of work in a bit more than he might otherwise. Uh, Tyron Matthews been out. So PJ has been getting a chance to work in at free safety. That's the same could be said for JT Gray. Um, and, and, you know, as we go throughout camp, we're not going to, we might see a little less of them and they're going to be more invested in, in special teams and on other, on other parts of the ball. But I think both those guys have stood out. And so I think that, I think we nailed these answers, Steve. We'll, we'll get to see two more. That's the, the good quote unquote good thing about preseason is you'll get to see more of these guys in live game action kind of situations where maybe you won't see that obviously during the regular season with the amount of snaps they get. But yeah, I I think both have definitely taken advantage of the extra, extra snaps they have been getting this camp so far. And like I said, uh, I think PJ Williams got a bad rap early on from a lot of saints fans who still, they have uh, this negative light or aura about them. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, he, he is, he is a guy who keeps coming back on these one-year deals every year. It's a one-year deal. Poor guy can't get a long-term deal to save his life, but had a career high three picks last season, which was great. No, he's been, he's been important, you know, and the saints love multiplicity is the West yes, the word Allen uses. They love guys who can play multiple positions, right? They love a guy. They love drafting a center and putting him at guard because they know if they need him to play center, he can play center. You know, they love drafting a cornerback and making them play safety because they know if they need him on the outside, they can put him on the outside. And and that's PJ, PJ in a nutshell. You know, he can he can cover, he can play deep, he can play strong, and and that's what you want. That's why you brought in Marcus May and Tyron Matthew because you want to be able to flip them. Uh, and hopefully we can get we can see that uh, pretty exactly. soon. Exactly. Um, but we got a, we got a few more minutes left, and one of the things I wanted to get into um, before we before we go here is the fans were fantastic. Full uh, force, they won. <laughs> Fantastic fans. That's what is that what fan is short for? Fantastic? No, that's definitely, definitely not it. It's fanatic. Yeah, but I still think it's funny. Um, uh, they were out there. I'm always amazed with how many fans turn out and these like 98 degree days in the middle of the summer just to watch practice, but they do. And, you know, and that's why I, and the players love it. I mean, you should not take for granted these guys standing on the sun for two hours and then coming over and, you know, signing autographs as they're just dripping sweat. You know, they appreciate it. You know, Andrew Dow talked about it. Landon Young talked about it. They really do like seeing the fans out there. And I thought you saw a much, especially early on, especially the first couple segments, you saw a lot of juice from the players that, you know, as you kind of get through camp, I think there's a grind element to it, but they looked fresh out there. And I think the fans are a big part of that. Well, that, yeah, that first play, well, first two plays, obviously, but yeah, play number one, the pick six from Chauncey Gardner-Johnson certainly set the tone for that, uh, the fan presence there, they were hooping and hollering and you're right. It is, it is amazing to see the folks coming out and braving the elements. The saints have done a fantastic job though, over the years, they the fans got it easy. Now they got the, the covering over the, the, the rafters. They've got fist, uh, misting fans going on. And even us, I know you gave the shout out to, uh, the sponsor for the, 
for the media misting tent, the cool town tent. That has been a blessing and a definite uh, surefire welcome. I was great just stepping inside there and being able to uh, literally cool down, collect your thoughts a little bit, and then getting back in those elements. And I know we don't work outside like a lot of gardeners or working in construction. And yeah, we're not we're not on a roof in the middle of the summer, right? Yeah, and, and I know we're out there just watching football, but it's it it is brutal sometimes. Just even trying to take notes, and I know this is going to be another big eye roll when you know your your sweat is dripping down onto your paper. No, and that, even that into is your the brow problem they have. To- is by the time I'm done watching practice, I can't write on my notebook anymore because it's waterlogged. Um, no, it, it, like seriously, like it sounds stupid, but it's it makes things difficult. Um, and yeah, it's corporate realty. They are the ones who sponsored that tent, and you know I don't know who all was a part of putting that together, but they did an excellent job, and it is a godsend. <laughs> Because I think like it's, you know, I try not to complain about the heat. Exactly. But, man, it is brutal. Especially yesterday. We actually had a few few easier days from the on the heat side of things. Yesterday it was really hot. And because the fans were there, we were, you know, in the on the days where the fans aren't there, we can kind of duck under the awnings for where they would normally be sitting. And I think that helps a little bit just to get out of the sun. But when they're there, we don't have any places we can go. And in the past, there have been times where I've been standing out there like just don't fall over, you know? Uh, and so oh, you guys there, are soft. Cooling, cooling area was, was, was beautiful. Um, so I, they're not even a sponsor for us, but corporate realty, good on you. Really appreciate that. And you know, much love. we can kind of go into this a little bit before we go. There have been a, you know, Dennis said previously, you know, before camp that we won't be noticing any like tangible difference, you know, like you won't look at practice and see anything markedly different. And I think that's true. But one thing that's definitely changed is how the media is is viewing practice, which, you know, in be, I think partly because the cooling is on that side of the field. We now are able to go all the way up to where the linemen are working out. And so we get a much closer look. You know, in the years I've covered training camp, I've never gotten to see a close up of the linemen doing drills because we just haven't been able to get over that side of the field. And that's not the case anymore. We're able to get over there and, and see that. And I think that's been valuable. Yeah, I don't know. We're talking about Dennis Allen, talking about injuries. He's opening more field up for us. We might want to keep it down. They're going to end up taking it away. No, I think he's been very forthcoming. He's given us a lot of information that we would have had to just guess on before. I think that's good. Um, the other, Another thing is all the interviews have been indoors, which I think has made the interviews a much more um, hospitable experience. They take a little longer. But I think you get a better interview experience when people aren't dying and sweating in the sun. So, you know, maybe that's been the case because I have thought that we've gotten a lot of really quality interviews to this point where in past years there might have been like guys kind of getting hurried off the podium. They're sweating. Everyone's dying. Um, so I don't know. But I thought that was, it, in, it was an interesting decision. And uh, uh, I thought that especially early in camp when a lot of the work is outside, um, I think that's been that's been good. Yeah, that has been good. I think I agree with you. It's like almost like post game in a locker room. The players get that little bit of cooling off period. Um, maybe yeah, collect your thoughts and just uh, have a have a bite out of watermelon or a smoothie or whatever they they've been given out that day, and just a chance to decompress a little <laughs> right. bit. And they cool seem like they're in just they a, like a better mood. Uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> and uh, so am I. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm I, in a I'm, much better mood and I have a lot more well-developed questions when I am not just trying to because I'm a, I'm a sweats a lot kind of guy. And when I'm not constantly just trying to figure out how I can stop dripping, uh, I'm, I'm better at my job, I think. So 
uh, kudos to the Saints on that. And uh, we're going to have a lot more of it uh, as we go forward. It's been a different season, and I don't know. Hopefully it, it keeps going this way, but it's definitely seemed a lot easier for us. And, I, and I'm, I'm afraid about saying that because I don't want it to backfire on me. No, it's been hard. We're working as hard as possible at all times and um, keep making things easier. That's and, it. And That's my parting note. And definitely happy to be back face-to-face and not in Zoom world anymore. Oh, my gosh. Yes. The, the Zooms are killing me. Um, but, yeah, that's it on Inside Black and Gold. Hopefully, we got you a lot of the answers. If you have any other questions, um, you can hit me and Steve up on Twitter. I'm at Jeff underscore Noack. He's Steve Geller, WWL. Uh, we got a couple nice messages on Twitter already for, from listeners, and it's really nice to have listeners. So, uh, you know, if you like what you hear, let me know about it. Give us a review. Hit the subscribe button, this Apple, Spotify, the Odyssey app, all, all those all those apps that you got on your phone. Uh, and we'll be back at you later this week with another episode. Peace. <laughs>